Good evening, everybody. It's Tracy here with the Lincoln Law Pod. It's time to talk about Season 2, Episode 4. And I have my co-host with me, Mike Martini. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good tonight. How's everybody else doing? <laughs> I hope everybody's doing well. And we're excited to talk about Episode 4. Just wanted to take a moment to, hopefully you've seen maybe on some of our social media, we've we decided to make Mike official. He's been helping us out so much that he's part of the team. So welcome, Mike, to so many shows.com. I appreciate it. I'm so honored <laughs> that I've gotten the invitation to join your crew. <laughs> I always enjoy listening to the podcasts with you guys on them and the, especially the interviews afterwards with the showrunners and casting yeah. crew. It's always fun to listen to those. So yeah, so well, I, I greatly appreciate this. <laughs> and now I'm just like, why didn't we do it sooner? But we're, yeah, we're excited to have Mike with us as part of so many shows and excited to talk about this episode. Interestingly, this episode does have courtroom scenes but it's not the Lisa Trammell case. So did you notice? I mean, I, I had, I kind of just thought about that as I was going through my notes that, Hey, we're not in the courtroom. And then I'm like, no, we are in the courtroom, just not for Lisa's case. So yeah, just a different, different setting, different, uh, different case, different yeah. client. <laughs> yeah. Dif different circumstances. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. This episode is written by Ryan Huang Williams and directed by Kate Woods. And also at the end of the podcast, like the last one, we do have some more feedback from Daylin Rodriguez, the co-showrunner who will be sharing some insights specifically about this episode. So definitely stick around for that at the end. So Mickey and the team have a bunch of discovery in the office. I, I kind of, I, I found that pretty uh, funny seeing all those boxes come in. How about you, Mike? Well, it's funny on two different levels. First, the episode title is called Discovery. Yep. Mm -hmm. And right off the bat, you see all these boxes being brought into the office. Is he saying, like, where are we going to put all these? And mm -hmm. it's a good thing we have an office because not all these would have fit <laughs> in the back of the Lincoln. Exactly. So, and that's actually going to be a future trivia question is how many boxes were delivered to Mickey Haller? It's actually a marked down the boxes that they show throughout this episode oh one it's like one of something right yeah one yeah. of or 40 of 30 yeah of. yeah okay so, uh, okay so that'll so be a future lincoln lawyer trivia question i'll be posting in the next few months few weeks something nice. like that so stay tuned to the haller law trivia tag for uh twitter for the trivia starting up pretty soon i hope Yes, awesome. Set up a bunch of trivia so I don't have to really focus on how much it and just post and have people have some fun making guesses. Yeah. Anywho, but yeah, yeah. so uh so Izzy calls up Lorna, uh asking her where she is, and and Lorna knows right off the bat, you know, it's like, let me guess, they 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 uh bombarded us with boxes. Right. <laughs> she she saw it coming. Yes. I, I I thought it was pretty funny uh when the guy brings is bringing more and more in and and He's like, yeah, we've got 80 more coming from the truck or something. And Mickey's like, boxes? And he's like, no, sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, so there, you know, there were way more than 80 because they already had a ton in there and uh, 80 more were coming. So yeah, you got the hot tip about the trivia here on the podcast. So look at those boxes and I uh, will be sure to get that one correct when Mike puts it out there. So, yeah, they have a lot of work to, to do. And how do you even begin to decide to, where to begin? Exactly. You know, I mean, and I, I, like and they, 
as Go Mickey ahead. pointed out, it's like Mitchell Bondrut's uh, high school yearbook. Yeah, because being here somewhere. Place. Yeah. So. And they don't really say how they did start, but they, they did each dig into some stuff. And Izzy in particular was apparently got hold of a box that talked about all the evidence that was pulled from Lisa's home, laptop and yeah. gardening tools and, and such and such. So they we have a scene where they're all kind of gathered in um, their conference room. And Lorna shows up with a, a box of goodies, maybe bagels, donuts, maybe some of each, but you got to have goodies in the conference room. And they start talking about how this could have happened and could it have been Lisa? And Lorna is, she's, she's happy to say that I think it could be, you know, maybe she's accused because she actually did it. And they start walking through motive means and, and so forth. Do you want to dig in a little bit to this scene, Mike? Yeah, Lorna uh, goes up to the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, before she goes up to the whiteboard, she basically says, well, nobody else is saying it, so somebody has to say it. Maybe yeah. you have a bias towards Lisa because of the previous relationship. And sure. So she goes up to the whiteboard and she puts on there that uh, that Lisa had an issue with Mitchell Bondurant mm-hmm. with all the real estate stuff. She, he put out a temporary staining order on her. Mm-hmm. And there was something else uh and i i know she mentioned the witness margot schaefer mm-hmm. she had just that morning uh bumped into purposefully yeah we'll a, talk about that mm-hmm. at a cafe to test her eyesight mm-hmm. um, uh so i know that mickey wanted cisco to run down the uh, witness that's caught caught lisa trammell around the vicinity of mm-hmm. the park garage in mitchell bondurant's office mm-hmm. restraining order she's not shy about her hate for bondurant i think those are the two things for, for motive and then furthermore there's the eyewitness that claims to have seen her okay so i think so those I are the, the three things there okay. yeah and oh and just to backtrack for a, a couple minutes there is I, I also wrote down this their dog winston trying out different ties mm. on can this dog get any cuter i mean geez. i know I know. Uh, she talks about having maybe Winston Walker down the aisle. Uh-huh. And Cisco asks, well, what about your brides or bridesmaids? You know, I thought your sister was coming out from, you know, wherever. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it was your interview with Dalen on last or on the last podcast. You said that Lorna gets some of the funnier and best lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so true because Lorna responded back with Cisco saying, well, my sister will come out wearing a white dress and wonder why I want to strangle her. I just like how they're incorporating Winston a little bit more into this season as well. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely fun. And you'll hear a little more about Winston on the interview at the end. So, yeah, a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's always good stuff. So, yeah, so she walks through what could be the motive. And, you know, she does mention Margot Schaefer. And that was the, the opening of the episode, right, where she's in the coffee shop or near the beginning where she's in the coffee shop with Margot Schaefer. Yeah, testing her eyesight. I uh, asked her to, to see if she can see spot or, or read the specials. On to, the menu, yeah. You know, off the menu. <laughs> and uh, I think the first thing was avocado toast, and they joke around about, you know. Everybody's got avocado. Every, How special is that? Everybody has avocado toast. How special yeah. can it be? And Lorna's like, yeah, uh, cool it or cool it avocados or whatever. <laughs> And then the Margot Schaefer is able to read all the specials off the list. And Lorna's like, boy, maybe I really do need glasses. I know. I thought that was, yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny because she's just got that quick 
wit and it's not always just to be funny but she just is funny because she was in there to test her eyesight and you know so she was seeing how well this person could see and then she realized on top of that not only could this woman see well she could see way better than her even so maybe she does need glasses (laughs) and then when she tells mickey in the conference room she pauses like there's something serious she needs to tell him and says she may need glasses and they they talk about means and so forth and they talk about the circular wound well how could she have done it we don't have a weapon you know maybe it was something like a hammer and then izzy pops up and talk about that like yep izzy goes to the whiteboard and points out that uh the toolkit that was taken by the police is supposed to have 150 pieces but uh only has 149 and the one piece that's missing is the hammer because all the tools have their grooves and everything and the and the hammer is the one that's missing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See here. So then I think it cuts to the next scene where Mickey's asking Lisa or at least. Yeah, she does. He ends up asking her about the ha- yeah. the hammer. I think one thing to note, too, from the conversation in the conference room is that Lorna brings up her gut feelings. And she's brought that up before, I think, about yep. people. And she does seem to be a pretty good judge of character based on the series so far, season one and now in season two. I, I, she does seem to have this extra sixth sense or something. I, I, I would say I trust her gut. Would you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure I, I, Mickey doesn't want to because, you know, she's saying she thinks Lisa could actually be guilty. But I think you can't you can't ignore Lorna's gut. I, I don't think you can oh, ignore absolutely. her gut. She said, she said, I think something's something's up. You know, something's not right. So yeah, he he uh Mickey confronts Lisa about the the missing item and she's like, Oh, I don't even I don't even you know know about that toolkit. That didn't even that was Jeff's, you know. And so I have no idea. And he starts to probe again about where he is and she's like, Yeah, I don't talk to him, I don't really know. And he's like, Well, did you say you thought he was in Mexico? And she's like, Well, last I heard, and she just kind of talks about how they grew apart. That she wanted to move forward with the business and he was was not interested in that he was interested in other things and like music and weed so she just kind of i mean to me it feels like she's downplaying it so kind of seems like it yeah kind of yeah it's kind of brushing it aside like he's he's wanting yeah. to get some information how can i reach him you know i want to talk about this this toolkit and she just kind of brushing it aside so it, it doesn't make a lot of progress there she does bring up that she's having a community dinner that night where she Let's folks from the all over the neighborhood come and you just pay what you can. It's kind of a mm-hmm. charitable thing that she does so, so everyone can enjoy the restaurant. And she wants him to come. And yeah, I think he says he'll he'll try to stop by, which what do you think about him hanging out around her outside of the courthouse? I mean, he's made it very clear this is all professional. But would you immediately think about him coming to an event she has at her restaurant as her attorney? She kind of did, did. Yeah, she kind of did bring up a good point where if her attorney's there, it makes her, in the, at least the public's eyes, mm-hmm. maybe less guilty than what people probably think she is. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. it's all a matter of public opinion. As for Mickey, Mickey trying to be there at the same time, maybe it's it's a way to to communicate with her and or just see who's around her at the same time too. Yeah. So it could play both ways, but obviously I think it's the first way where Mickey's just kind of blinded, you know, he's just trying yeah. to use her. Yeah. Know, Cause they, they had the previous one night relationship and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of tries to legitimize it, a reason for him to be there, but yeah, I don't know. I, I can kind of go both ways on that. Uh, I can see her argument, but then I'm like, let's just keep that them together to the courtroom. But yeah, it's just an interesting question. So 
Actually, Mickey gets sidetracked from Lisa's case because he gets a call from his old pal Terrell Coleman from season one. So why don't you set that up for us, Mike? Sounds good. So Terrell Coleman texts her, calls Mickey, saying that needs needs some help with a situation with his daughter. And let's remind everyone... Let's remind everyone who Terrell Coleman is. Yes, Terrell Coleman appeared in, uh, I think, two episodes in the first season. He was uh, charged with the uh, assault of a police officer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mickey, after looking over some of his notes, finds out that there was no body camera footage provided by this said officer. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mickey Haller shows up the next day in court with a flash drive <laughs> saying, well, I got the... Uh, I got something on this flash drive I think everybody would be interested in type of thing. And and the police officer is all of a sudden changing his tune and, and wanting to drop the charges. And then uh, Terrell Coleman comes into play later on. Well, that solved that case, got Terrell Coleman out of jail. And it turns only- out there was just music on that drive. He mentioned a yep, camera and mentioned the drive, but he never said yep. there was footage on there. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's exactly. another one of Mickey's tricks. And I think, and they kind of just wanted to note that they kind of bonded a little bit or they could relate to each other over having young daughters. Haley yeah. and Terrell Coleman's daughters um, were about the same age and he did not want to be in jail away from his daughter. So they kind of had that in common. In the season later on, the- where, uh, Mickey needed to get into the Staples Center to help Izzy out because Izzy texted him saying that she was in trouble or or needed his help some way. She was very, very close to doing drugs with Mm -hmm. her ex-girlfriend, Ray. Mm -hmm. So Terrell Coleman brought a uh, Lakers jersey to the bouncer security Mm -hmm. guy. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Mickey backstage to help out Izzy out and get her out of there. So Terrell's a cool cool guy, you know. I I like the fact that he's like, well, you help me, so I'm going to help you out type of thing. Right, yeah. Anything, give me a call. <laughs> and it does. It seems very, very genuine. He was very grateful for Mickey's help. And I do think the fact that they kind of had their, their daughters in common, like th- those young daughters that is they could relate to each other on sort of another level. So they, yeah, this, so then we hear from him again, this episode, he gives Mickey a call yep. and asks for some help and Mickey heads down to juvenile court and it is related to his daughter and he hasn't been to juvenile court apparently since he was, um, working as a public defender. So that's that's been quite a while. And we meet Judge Sandy and we learn about the case. So why don't you fill in those those details for us? Yeah, no problem. Uh, Angelica was being charged of vandalism of property. She apparently had painted the side of, uh, of a business mm-hmm. and the owner was not happy. I think she even had like a, a black wall painted on... You know, she, so she painted the whole wall black. Yeah. And I think in white, it says black wall or the black wall. Yeah. White on the bottom corner. So uh, Terrell says that there's also a custody issue because if she gets in trouble for this, he can it could affect custody. his custody. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so he, he needs the big guns for his baby is what he says. You know, <laughs> yeah. even like you said that uh, Mickey even asked me, don't you want a public defender? Because I haven't done something like this in a long time. And I love how Judge Sandy is like, well, we're kind of we're kind of relaxed here, you know. <laughs> yeah. So when Mickey goes in, uh, Judge Sandy record or rem- asks Mickey if she remembers him. Apparently, they were uh, was it uh, opposite sides of the benches at one point. I think Judge I think Sandy. So. Used I think to so. Be- 
prosecutor. Yeah, yeah, she was a prosecutor, I think. Yeah. Like a juvenile prosecutor or something like that. Yeah. And they've both come a long way. You know, they talked yeah. about that. It kind of, I just, for just a second, I kind of, it kind of reminded me of like, I think of like the term kindergarten court because oh, um, yeah. just because it was smaller and, and the room and, Judge Sandy had the lollipops and she was so friendly, but she was also very stern about yes. Mickey being late. I'm sure you're going to bring that up. But yeah, I just, it just kind of hit me. That's that's kind of like kindergarten court, but not to, not to diminish what they were doing, but just sort of yeah. the atmosphere was so strikingly different from what we see usually from Mickey's cases, but I digress. Go ahead. Oh, no worries. It's always good to get uh, another person's perspective on things, too. So the other funny part was when he first goes in there, Angelica says, uh, you're the guy from the park or from the bus benches, right? And yeah. Mickey's like, yeah. And she's like, well, I should probably tell my friend Kyle to stop drawing penises on him. Then. <laughs> right, right. Because now he's there to help her out. She was kind of surprised that he actually got business from those. And then when she heard that right. he did, she's like, oh, I'll have to tell him to stop doing that, you know. Yeah. Oh, Mickey. And then uh, at one point when Mickey was going through there or through the file, you know, he's like, I I just don't see the big, uh, you know, the big hubbubaloo about why. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's because of the business owner. She's. Yeah. And the first day when Mickey first gets there, he asks for a continuance. He's got a busy docket. And then Judge Sandy's like, well, so do I. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll give you one day. So one day he's going to she's going to give him to try to come up with a deal or to see if he can help out Angelica at all. So. But yeah, he's then, got, he's got this one day for that. And he's on this one day deadline. Well, we'll talk about getting a one day deadline for the plea agreement. Does he, Cause I think it's, I think this is about the time he hears from Andrea that she wants oh, to meet right. with him. Yeah. That, that was kind of the theme in uh, the season one, a little bit too, because he had, the first three or four cases that he got thrown at him, it's like, oh, shoot, I just found out about this a couple hours ago. Can I right. get a day? Yeah. It was with Izzy. It was with Terrell Coleman in season one. Sam Scales. Sam Scales. The... Yep, Sam Scales. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Mickey doesn't know how he's going to solve this one, but he will figure it out for for Terrell and, and for Angelica. We, we have faith in him. But I think it's around this time he gets a, a call or a text from Andrea that she wants to meet. And yes. she tells him very surprisingly that they have a, a plea offer for the case. And she had said she had, she'd actually said the line, you know, in one of the first episodes that there would be no yep. plea offers. So but sure enough, there is. So that signals Mickey that, oh, they must have. There must be something out there they don't want us to know about that could really mess up their case. And now we have to find it. And he, she says that he can let her know tomorrow. So he sets the clock for 24 hours and gets back to the office and tells everybody, we got to we gotta figure this out. And so, you know, they, they have started digging into the boxes. They had that meeting in the conference room. Um, they saw about the hammer missing. And, you know, so some, some things are in motion, but now they've got it's like they they really feel the pressure to go through it all right yeah. away and they they start doing that but now mickey's got this other case uh, on his plate with the one day continuance he's got to follow up on that and so he's uh he's a busy guy so it, right. uh, th- this is the point in the episode where i start getting really nervous you know for the time frame and this is i i could there are many reasons i would not make a good attorney so <laughs> 
I'm not yeah. even suggesting at all that I would. But this shifting gears so fast and, you know, as different evidence or different issues come in with different cases, it's just, oh, how do you keep that all straight in your head? Yeah, so, really. <laughs> I, but but that that's part of Mickey's magic, too, is that he can just he juggles so well. So, yeah, they start um, Lizzie. Lizzie. I said Lorna, Izzy, Lizzie. We've got a, we got a hey. their, new name for their friendship, Lizzie. There you go, Lizzie. Lorna works. and Izzy, are they're becoming good buds, and so now we can give them a, a, a ship name as friends, Lizzie. That's funny. So Lorna and Izzy, Lizzie for short, are, are definitely going through boxes and things, and they're trying to look through emails, and they're looking through some financial stuff. Cisco is out he meets with Walter Kim out on a construction site. He's the one that was witnessed or, you know, for the temporary restraining order. Do you want to talk about that scene? Where yeah. Cisco, the, uh, yeah and Walter Cisco Kim. confronts Walter Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like you said, he's the only witness. I think that was even listed on the TRO. And then uh, let's see here. But Walter Kim said that I wasn't just a witness. I also had photographs. Mm-hmm. So then he shows Cisco photographs of Lisa Trammell. And Mitchell Bondurant having an altercation outside of his office where she wound up pushing him. Mm-hmm. Um, so once when he sees that, I know that Mickey was uh, contacted by Cisco and sent the sent copies of the pictures. And this is just after Mickey had floated the idea to Lisa, or not the idea, sorry, the, the plea uh, deal. Mm-hmm. He floated that to to uh, Lisa because he went he went went to the community dinner that she was hosting that night, right? And sent him off. Uh, just to kind of not really backtrack, but just to kind of point out something that was kind of funny in that scene where he shows up at the community dinner is Henry Dahl's talking to this woman about his you know podcast that was three mm-hmm. months on the you know number ten New York Times yeah. list, Murder on the one. Hudson. Murder on the Hudson. But you know, nobody like, oh, remembers it. Podcast. But <laughs> as soon as Mickey approaches and says, can we have a minute? The woman walks away kind of going, oh, thank God. Yeah, I know. You know she's like, so oh, relieved. Thank you. She's so relieved. <laughs> she was so relieved to get away from Henry Dahl. And Henry Dahl is trying to, to uh, say that he's not taking any sound bites from Lisa. He points to the mic asking if Mickey wants to say something. And Mickey's like, ah, oh, just get that away from me. Get it out of my face. Type of yeah. Thing. And tells him, you know, it's like that, uh, there's no deal for, you know, anything that like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he asks Lisa if they can talk and go for a walk. And I don't know where this scene was filmed, but that sidewalk right by the uh, Los Angeles River. Right? Mm-hmm. The river. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that reminded me of? Remember? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and when the, um, the an angels flight and the they were they were kind of sitting on the, on yes. the railing there. And yep. um, yeah, the different RHD detectives. The season season four, I can't remember the exact episode, but yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're talking they about their of, stories and stuff. Yeah, getting their stories straight. And it, and it, that it looked Sheehan didn't have any story to get straight. He was by himself drinking. Right, home. right, yeah. And it, it just had that section. I mean, obviously, it was still the LA River and the cement things there, but it kind of just it really looked familiar. I would love to know if that yes. actual stretch was was part of it but um yeah if for anyone who can't imagine but if you're not also watching bosch and bosch legacy we're, we're referring to season four of the bosch series and uh, also by michael conley and a, a scene from that that looked very similar in location uh to where mickey is telling lisa about the the plea offer i know that on imdb 
Ryan and DB app. Mm -hmm. They do have a lot of good filming locations mm -hmm. marked down for the Bosch series. I think that scene is actually marked down. They even had like an address for it. Mm, okay. Unfortunately, whenever I go into Lincoln lawyer location scenes, I, they don't have a lot of locations listed yet. So okay. I'm hoping hoping that maybe that that uh, picks up a little bit or some yeah. people throw on the location. Yeah. But beautiful, beautiful area, which she said, you know, back when she was growing up. That was a space you didn't, or that was a spot you didn't go to at night, unless, or even during the day, you know, because they had a lot of crime mm -hmm. in the area. And mm -hmm. stuff like mm -hmm. So Mickey floats the idea or the plea deal, saying that you know I'm just letting you know what you're working with here. It's uh, uh, voluntary manslaughter, 11 years, you know, uh, six years with the mid, mid medium punishment, and she do five. Okay. And she saying you know he was saying well what happens or she she asked him what happens to my restaurant what happens to this that he's like well, i'm just letting you know it's either that or if you are Ew. found guilty mm -hmm. yeah if the jury doesn't find in your favor you're going to be serving 25 to life no chance of parole type of thing so, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so but when mickey gets back he uh he contact or cisco contacts him showing him or you know sharing the pictures with them and Mickey says, you know, we're trying to find, you know, the thing that the prosecution's afraid of, but all we're finding is bad things that the prose prosecution can use. Right, <laughs> so, right. We're uncovering the wrong kinds of information. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not what we're and, looking um, for. And that night, that night he's racking his brain, you know, him, he's working at home uh, with Haley. Mm -hmm. In fact, that, uh, sorry, we, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place. That's right now, okay, but, that's okay. But the uh, scene where he's leaving the uh, office earlier in the night or earlier in the day. Oh, uh, yeah. Lorna reminds him, remember, you have Haley tonight. He's like, yeah, I, I remember. And they're <sighs> like, yeah, he so did not. But uh, so he's sitting down at the table looking over his computer, trying to go through the emails that were been sent to or from Mitchell Bondurant, trying to find the smoking gun or that magic bullet that can bring the yeah. or that that the prosecution's afraid of getting out. And he's just racking his brain and Haley's like, well, why don't you switch subjects for a few minutes? You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he's like, well, okay. So he looks into the Terrell Coleman file and even asks Haley, you know, shows in the picture, would you think of this as art or graffiti or whatever? And she is, and Haley was like, uh, Haley said that uh, it's kind of all in the eye of the beholder, you know, it's like she mentioned two spots that, you know, some people would call graffiti, but other people would call, consider art. You know, one was the angel wings that are painted on the wall that people get their pictures by. Mm -hmm, you know? so, mm -hmm. Yeah, she so said she goes, it's uh, a good selfie spot, regardless. Selfie spot, you, yeah, yeah, no matter what you, you think, it's, it seems like a good place to, to take a selfie. Yeah, exactly. And so that sparks an idea from Mickey, calls Terrell. And then obviously we find out what, what happens there the day, or we'll find out later what happens with right. that phone. Yeah. So after he switched to the subjects and got his brain a little bit back in balance, he had uh, called, or after getting back into his laptop, he, he found an email that was sent to Alex Grant. Someone named Alex Grant, yeah, kind of, kind of threatening him. Yeah, and and uh, Lizzie and Lizzie, I'm doing it again. Hey, it worked. <laughs> it works. It just <laughs> it saves syllables. Uh, Izzy and. Lorna are finding that, that Bondurant seems like he's in a lot of debt. You know, they're finding a lot of emails about that. And yep. Mick, Mickey asks them about this one. It's to this guy, Alex Grant. And 
he's talking about in the email, he suggests that Alex Grant is a contractor is not meeting his obligations, subpar work, things like that. And he's going to have to give him a refund. If not, he'll just, you know, he's obligated to report to his lenders who are then obligated to report any suspicious activity to the feds. So it, it it basically sounds threatening. So it's, and it's about this building the, the terrazzo. So yeah. And then Mickey wants to talk to Cisco about that, but Cisco's not around. And he's like, yeah, I keep trying to call him. Can't reach him. And interestingly, Lorna says, oh, he left his phone here. Either he, yep. She's at the office yeah. with Izzy and, oh, he left he his phone here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he doesn't have his phone with him. And he's like, okay, we well, yeah, I'll catch up with him later. And we get off the phone. And I don't know if, if, you know, all the viewers noticed it right away, but, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, wait a minute. He didn't leave his phone there. He's not there. You know, like you kind of just put the pieces back together and, and we'll talk about where he was. But Lorna knows that she lied about it. And she, I think she can tell that Izzy knows that she lied about it. Yeah. But it, but Izzy says, no, um, you know, I get it. You know, Lorna's like, I never do this. I never, except for like right this minute, I never do this. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and Izzy says, you know, it's, it's, you know, I got your back. So, but yeah, that was kind of uh, interesting. I was, and it kind of stood out to me. I was like, man, this is our law student, Lorna, you know, she's, got all her ducks in a row and you know all these things and now she's lying you know it's just not a good look yeah. you know so it made, it made me a little uncomfortable but yeah so he yes he was not there um he was missing in action at that point yes that that, that scene i also wanted to kind of not really ask you but kind of also maybe the viewers too uh when mickey first calls lorna up saying you know uh re- reading off the email that he had found Mm-hmm. You see Lorna walking in high heels throughout oh. the office. Yeah. And it's the uh, tile floor, stuff like that, walking mm-hmm. over the sheets of paper that Izzy has all laid out. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking to myself, does Lorna really enjoy wearing high heels <laughs> the office like that? I mean, yeah. I was almost afraid that when she was stepping over the paperwork, she'd, she'd almost slip. twist an ankle. Yeah. She'd slip or twist an ankle. It's like, ah, you think you uh, maybe not, maybe not Crocs. But at least something yeah. comfier, maybe just stocking feet, you know. I know, like yeah. I totally would take my shoes off. But I think she does. I think that's kind of just part of her persona. Uh, it's a good question. I think she does like wearing them. I think it's just part of her uniform. And I think it's just all of that together, her, her outfits and everything kind of, I think, give her a little bit of that confidence mm-hmm. that she has, you know. And so, yeah, it's like a hero has his cape and Lorna has her high heels. And Oh, there you go. That's, a good <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. <laughs> like, um, I, I mean, I, like I said, I could, I could see if it was like during the daytime hours, oh, office yeah, hours, yeah. people might come in, clients might come in, but you could tell it was at night, you know, Mickey's on his, on his back deck, you know, and it's dark yeah. out. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, got, is he sitting on the floor? Is he sitting on the floor? Everybody's getting comfortable. Um, and Lorna's walking around in her high heels, and I just like I said, it's click, like, click, I was click, afraid. Click. I was always afraid that she'd step over something and wind up twisting an ankle or something. It's I like, know. please don't hurt yourself, Lorna. I know <laughs> you you wouldn't find me doing that. That's for sure. But yeah, it, it works. It works for Lorna. So yeah, so he he, he needs to reach. Mickey needs to reach Cisco to ask him to get some more information about this uh, email and the circumstances. Who this? What this company is this Alex Grant and so forth, but he can't reach him. And we find out that he is actually following Kaz. And the reason 
he is out there doing that, which Lorna knows about um, there because he's being open, you know, that he's working on this issue with the, the, the road saints. And earlier in the episode, uh, we see him taking photos from a distance of Kaz yes. having lunch or whatever at some place. And which I don't remember the name of that place. They could probably see on the building. But little, I've actually looked at, I actually zoomed look in it up? and looked it up for, for my trivia. I didn't write it down on this, but. Uh, but you found it. My, but I, I didn't write it down for my notes for this episode. But yeah, I had to zoom in and then I, I like map quested it, you know, just to see uh-huh. where it was. Oh, yeah. Now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he is meeting with someone and Cisco's taking uh, photos from a distance and, you know, it's, it's pretty clear, you know, we get the idea that he's, you know, being an informant for something. And so that's not good because he's supposed to be proving to Teddy that Kaz has not made a deal as an informant. So he follows him stealthily into his hotel room um, that evening and uh, very much so startles Kaz And then Kaz goes into what those photos were about. He gives the story about what's going on. And do you want to tell everyone about that? Oh, sure. Yep. Cisco goes into the hotel room, asks Kaz where where he's going, because he sees that he's got a suitcase packed on the on the bed. And uh, Kaz tells Cisco that that when he was in prison, he had actually killed somebody in prison, but it was self-defense. But the ATF was trying to squeeze him, trying to charge him, charge him with murder. Mm-hmm. So Kaz agreed to spy on the road saints to, um, well, to to get out of trouble. You know, yeah, to not be charged with murder. <laughs> not be charged with murder. But the uh, but the downside is that Kaz was looking at uh, witness relocation mm-hmm. and even floated that same idea to. Cisco, which Cisco did not take very well Mm-mm. because he's like, I got a life. I got, I have a job. I have a fiance. I got a girl, or, you know, fiance. I'm about to be married, about to start his own life with the woman that he loves, you know. Mm-hmm. So Cisco basically just tells Kaz, you know, give him some time, I believe it was. Like Cisco asked Kaz to just give him a day or two to, to mm-hmm. figure out something. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I, I think he told that to Lorna too. Just give me a day or two to get this figured out. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it was a very tense moment there with Kaz and Cisco. But because what do you think? Did he? Did he? Was it self defense? Every time I hear someone say, "But it was self defense," it kind of just makes you sound guilty. But what do you think about how Kaz said it? Do you think? I think Kaz is straight with Cisco. Okay. Yeah. If, if Kaz had, you know, if it was something that was nef- nefarious or mm-hmm. whatever, I mm-hmm. think Kaz mm-hmm. would have been straight with Cisco, especially with Cisco being in his face the way he was. Yeah. 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 And and like I said, just like the, uh, you know, Kaz is scared, but Cisco is also scared on the fact that he vouched for Kaz with Teddy. Yeah. And yeah. He thinks he's a rat, and and then the other thing too is Kaz is like, well, I can just talk about this other thing that I'm not attached to. That way, Teddy will think it's. It's uh, a hard a case, Casey. Past. Hard case, yeah. Casey. A name from season one. Yeah. You know, he thinks it'd be hard case, Casey, and not him. And 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 Cisco's like, no, Teddy already thinks you're a rat. Right. You know, That's if, already if in his head. Happens, if anything happens, you're going to go down, and I'm going to go down with you. So. Yeah. 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 Very tense moment there. Very tense. Very tense. Well, we we do turn over to the next day, and Mickey has to get back to court about uh, Angelica's case and the black wall, and um, 
deal with that. And then he does end up getting some intel from Cisco about that email and they, they are going to make a decision, but uh, let's talk about first what the decision was in Angelica's case. Yes. The, uh, so I love how it sets it up. Everybody's there except for Mickey. You got the judge behind the bench. You got the, is, is it considered a prosecutor with even a juvenile court? Is it still considered a prosecutor? There? I guess I, I'm not, I'm no expert there, but that's yeah, what no, I would that's, call it. Another good question for Ted. Uh, yeah. Ted Humphrey. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, so everybody's sitting there, even the, the, you know, I, I can't remember what the guy's name was. I didn't write it down. I, oh Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good trivia question, too. It is, because she does say it, yeah. I think it's like Everett, maybe, something along those lines. Yeah, something like that, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's just kind of, like, shrugging his shoulders to the judge, and the judge is like, I don't know. All of a sudden, (laughs) Mickey charges in. You know, he's like, I know, judge. I'm sorry. I apologize. You can give me whatever kind of fine you want. But uh, I think we have a quick way to get this off your docket, you know. So he does goes to have a... uh, a sidebar, more like a back room of the courtroom deal. Uh, asks the prosecutor guy if he can bring in Karen. And he basically tells Karen, you know, she's 14, you know, and there's custody issues here at play that have nothing to do with the case. And Karen's Karen and goes, well, she should have thought of that before, you know, type yeah. of thing. Oh, come on. Even even the your facial expressions, you're like, oh, geez, really? But uh, so, and I think we all love how Mickey handled this. So he, he, they said that they were wasn't going to be any kind of plea with uh, Karen the way things were sitting. So Mickey hands the prosecutor a um, what is it called again? The do, 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 like a do, copyright sorry. infringement, copyright okay. application. Appli- oh, okay, yeah, because. Uh, because uh, Mickey found on, well, actually a few things happened. So that phone call that Mickey made the night before to Terrell, he asked him, you still work for the Lakers? You you work for the Lakers, right? So mm-hmm. they organized a uh, legendary Laker player to take a picture with an employee next to the wall. And then uh, Mickey shows that picture to Karen and Karen's like, well, I don't control our company's in- or, or the you know store's Instagram account, but... Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they are also talking about how, you know, how can you call her graffiti art, you know? And I think that's what Mickey said. It's all in the eye of the beholder. And she has claimed that, too. He, he's not just yeah. making it up. She has claimed it as art all along, saying it was an homage to Virgil Abloh. And, oh, that's um, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which which had the piece white space or something or a white wall and the she had stated all along that it is a work of art and homage to Virgil Abloh because it's you know earlier Mickey says okay you know I I believe you but let's keep your art to your sketchbook you know right now but yeah but so he I'm sure he remembered that so he's gonna play into that well if you know the fact that he can if we want to call it art then it could be you know um copyrighted so he's yep. got an application for that. And then, yeah, he uses the the Lakers connection with Terrell to get Robert Ori by the store. I wanted to say restaurant by the store. <laughs> and of course, you know, it meets one of the workers and she wants to get a selfie with him. Well, what better place than that nice black exactly. backdrop, <laughs> you know, on the wall. Exactly. So, 
And even the prosecutor was kind of like a well-played type of thing when yeah. Karen asked to step out from the courtroom for a, or a brief second. Right. You know, the prosecutor goes like, well, well-played. And I love the line that uh, Mickey says, well, even a blind squirrel finds a nut now no, and then. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. And then that when was they're a good one. walking back up to the uh, judge's bench, even Judge Sandy was really impressed with how. She was impressed, yeah. How he's, how he's uh, handled this situation for Angelica. Even so much that he was offered a watermelon lollipop. He was. He got access to the watermelon ones again. And what was even great is that Mickey finds a way to turn the tables on her, but he also finds a way to stick it to her as well. Because, yeah, because he says, well, when you, after that photo, did your sales, I think your sales went up, you know, that was with one of your salespeople. So this was a promotion. And she says, no. Yep. She says, it's not, that's that's not a promotion. And he said, well, yep. if your sales went up, it, you know, it is. And so you've made money off of my client's art and now you owe her royalties. Yes. <laughs> so, and that's yeah. why it was also late is that he, he had swung by the store and there was a line around the corner. Yeah. Him. Around the corner. Everybody so, wants to get, get a picture now. That's the new, the new cool selfie spot. So exactly. kudos to Haley for kind of putting that bug in his ear about, that mm-hmm. idea about how it could be a selfie spot and then um, just putting the pieces together where he could turn that into something to uh, turn against Karen. And and yeah, everyone was impressed. It was fun seeing even the prosecutor impressed because he was this kind of this yes. young guy, you know, yep. and um, <laughs> it was, just, it was really, it was cute. You know, Robert Ori was there. I, I kind of like how they actually had Robert Ori. That was cool. Episode. Yeah. It good cameo. Just, it wasn't just like, uh, Hey, Here's a picture of him. No, it was actually in the episode. And it's yeah. like, yeah, when Phil called me, I'm like, you crazy, man. Mm-hmm. And then he turns to sign autographs. And then Angelica and Mickey work out a, a payment. Yeah, they negotiate a deal. Yeah. Yeah. He works magic again. And of course, Terrell helped. Good stuff. Well, Cisco does uh, follow up with Mickey. And he does have some information about the circumstances of that email. The the company was what Argyll Argyll construction. construction. Yep. The the building belonged to an Ada Kazarian, and but the company is run by Alex Grant, and they put it together that their brother and sister. Well, why why is his name different? Well, he apparently changed his name because they both have the same father, Sasha Kazarian, who is in prison for organized crime, yep. racketeering the works. So he's got like a a mafia association with his name. So apparently he, he, you know, it it seems likely that he changed his name for that reason. So there's some suspicious activity just by association. So at that point, you know, we don't know exactly if this guy's done anything, this Alex Grant, but it's clear that Bondurant is at minimum using that association with his father to uh, scare him into trying to get those refunds from him. And because uh, he's so in debt, you know, so he thinks he can just extort the money from him. So, you know, they really think they've uncovered something pretty big, which it does. It seems like they've yep. uncovered, you know, a, a, the, a possibility of a, what they call a straw man or an alternate suspect the in this Alex Grant character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, boom, he's like, OK, let's call Lisa. And he, he t- you know, tells her that they, they found something that they, they think will will work and she says well then we'll fight so he's already he's charged up to talk to andrea all right Mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna deny that deal we want to go to court 
And boy, yep. she is just so good at this. She's just like, just pretty much blows him off. Like, well, you didn't even really have a choice. We pulled that deal. You know, he didn't even get, he didn't even get a second of his glory or, you know, feeling like he had accomplished something. He had a few seconds before the, before the meeting. Yeah. Before the meeting. Yeah. Not definitely yeah. not during the meeting, but before the meeting. Yeah. Yes. He, he was very pumped. Felt like the team had done this great job, you know, and they were exhausted too. And they were all talking oh, about how tired they absolutely. were like, yeah. So, so yeah, he, he was all excited and pumped before the meeting. And then she just says that, that's not even a choice anymore you know we pulled that offer and he's like i thought we had 24 hours and she's like oh that's just semantics i didn't say specifically 24 hours you know so she has an answer for everything the deal's been pulled and not only did it you know okay they went through all this and they don't even circumstances have changed it now they now know that they must have something really big on their side that Mm -hmm. can show that make it look uh, very much like Lisa is is guilty. So now they have to figure out what that is. And he calls the calls the team and says, you know, cancel your plans. We've got another mm-hmm. long night of ahead of us. So that's kind of how the episode closes, I believe. Pretty much. I, I did like that camera shot. I remember the last podcast you had asked how uh, how they had gotten that uh, opening shot for episode one when they said and she said it was by drone. Mm-hmm. So I know this was probably a drone shot where they were zooming away from that pedestrian bridge. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so I where loved, he... I loved how they were doing, how they kind of did that, where it's like it's almost like Mickey Haller's sinking as the shots going up. That's yeah, it does. It really does. The direction there and the camera work really does play into his dilemma. You know, he's yep. like big and strong, and they, you know, they're going to reject the plea offer. They found this information, and then yeah, it's like he's just shrinking before yep. them. Well, something you else know. I was noticing throughout the the even the first four episodes is uh, a lot a lot of times in season one they were doing like the blurry sides of like uh, the the views from the city. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. so you see downtown LA, but the sides were kind of blurry. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen this time is that they they kind of they're just doing the downtown shot without the blurry blurriness. So I kind of think of that as like Mickey Haller's kind of seeing clearly. Mm. Maybe. I mean, yeah. obviously some fans probably wouldn't agree with that because how he's biased towards Lisa Trammell. You know, he's got all this stuff going on. But I, I kind of see like maybe the fog's lifting a little bit more for him. Just know, in his head thing. in general. Like just in his head in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just reading into each episode a little bit more it's, than I. Hey, you, <laughs> you never, you never know what's behind every decision that they they make in the the writing and the the direction. So could be, could be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we leave the episode there in a pickle again. They're on a another tight deadline to uh, figure out now what do they have that's so big against Lisa yeah. and so they've got to do some research there Cisco has you know received bad news from Kaz confirmation that he really is an informant and that his way out is witness protection which is not something that Cisco wants at all so just kind of some bad news all around at the end of this yeah, episode like it's <laughs> <laughs> you know, hit, you know, once, or it's kind of like that that analogy I used a couple episodes back with uh, Mickey and Maggie's relationship. It's like one or two steps forward, yeah. one giant, or two giant steps back. So they, yeah, they think they find uh, they find this email, but oh shoot, there's pictures of Lisa Trammell assaulting Mitchell Bondurant. You know, and right, like oh we have we uh we have what what uh, could be third party culpability. We have a straw man, and oh yeah. shoot, uh, the, the the prosecution pulled that pulled that deal out of our 
out from underneath us too so yeah <laughs> yeah it's like you're being yanked right back yeah definitely all right well that's that's about episode four for us did you have anything else you wanted to talk about regarding the, the episode, episode? No, i think that's i think that's all about i had like i Ooh. said i was happy with uh seeing winston in the tie earlier and yeah we got another look towards the end of the episode didn't we we saw two different colors i think like a pink and a red yeah like it was like a purple or pink and i think red and i think that's what uh, lorna was saying that that the red one might be the winner type of a thing. yeah yeah and, but so and cisco of... realized he didn't have really have a choice either way so yeah that's um, right a say in it he's like i i, I can't really yeah i can't really draw a line in the sand here can i and she's like no you know she yep. just kind of let him think that he <laughs> was part of the decision making mm -hmm. but yes winston looked so cute i think we're gonna hear a little bit about that you know i told you we hear a little bit about winston from dayland and i think a little bit about the tie as well so yeah oh, some sweet good, some good stuff and some location information that someone had asked about that I probed on. So yeah, oh, some good, good scoop coming up in a few minutes from Daylin. But before then, we have to do a game, right? Oh, absolutely. All right. <laughs> so I uh, put my thinking cap on and tried to figure out how I could torture Mike this evening and uh, came up with a game called Character, Crime, or Courtroom. So Ooh, yeah, Char fun. Character, Crime, or Courtroom. Now, you get to participate in the setup of this game because you need to pick 12 numbers between 1 and 20. Oh, wow. So. And no particular order. They don't have to go in order. You can go backwards, back and forth. But I'll, I'll tick them off on my list here. And so you, you won't say the same one twice. But yeah, any Sounds numbers good. between 1 and 20. So I pick all 12 right now. And 16. Okay. Well, the one through 20 were alphabet, letters of the alphabet. So oh, okay. thankfully for this game, I'm not doing U through Z. So you're going to be uh -huh. using uh, letters between A and T. And then we're going to rotate between character, crime, and courtroom. So each number that you chose, I'll remind you the letter. And then it's assigned a category, either character, crime, or courtroom so okay. the very first one and we're going to rotate character crime courtroom character crime courtroom so the first one that you chose not this is not the order you chose it but we're just going down yep. one through 20 so you did pick number one which is a so we need you to name you've got like hmm, give you eight seconds to name a character but it begins with the letter a first name or last name in the Lincoln Lawyer series so far, not the books, just to be clear, okay, but in, in, in the television the series. Seasons. Yeah, between the two seasons. So letter A, a character. Character with the letter A. Boy, I'm drawing a blank for A for a character. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. One that came to mind. Of course, I'm not under the under the um, countdown or anything. I'm just freely sitting here thinking. I thought maybe Dr. Arslanian from oh. season one. I uh, loved her. I yeah, loved so her that her starts her. with an A. That takes us to letter B, because you also chose number two. So now we need you to, I'm going to give you 10 seconds, to name a crime that starts with the letter B. Breaking and entering. Bing, bing, bing. Nicely <laughs> done. All right. Now we're on to a courtroom, courtroom term, some type of 
term. This is pretty broad legal courtroom term for the letter F. Oh, um, courtroom term with the letter F. Uh, darn it. Uh, fiduciaries. <laughs> Will that work? I know it was said in the courtroom go with quite it. a few times. We'll okay. go with it. Sounds good to me. All right. Now we're back to character and the letter G. G. Um, Alex Grant. Deutsch there you Grant. go. I go. There you go. I think okay. I made it just another wire there, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm we're pretty loose on, uh, on the counting. I could tell you were trying so hard. Okay. Now we're back to crime for the letter H. Homicide. Wow. We're awfully quick with that, Mike. <laughs> I'm getting the crime ones really fast. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> be careful. <laughs> Take note. Okay. We're on to a courtroom legal term, the letter I. I object. <laughs> Will that work or not? No. <laughs> I'd say try another oh, one. Know it's objection. It's objection. I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Injunction. How about that one? Injunction. There you go. That's good. Okay. Right. You're, you're just nailing this. Okay. Now a character, the letter L. Oh, Lorna. Easy. There you go. All right, we can do Lizzie. So <laughs> Yeah. The, the friendship name. Okay. Friendship name. Uh, crime, the letter N neglecting neglect yeah. yeah neglect yeah no that works all right a courtroom term letter p prosecutor <laughs> excellent a character with q oh wow <laughs> let's see yeah past <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think of one too mm, i cannot yeah but if we if we think of one if we think of one, we'll put it in the show notes. Or if you guys think of one when you're listening, uh, definitely shoot us a tweet or an email to notguilty at so many shows.com. Because, yeah, I want to know about that. Q. All right. A crime, letter R. Resisting arrest. Nice. Really quick with those crimes. I'm really impressed. Courtroom term, letter T. Let's see here. Oh, I'm on a blank on that one, too. T. All right. I'm gonna are you let's see how many yeah, you got. We'll have to think we'll have to think of one together for that. But you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out of twelve. That's good. Nice. Yeah, nine out of twelve. Seventy-five percent, right? Am I doing my that math correctly? Yeah. Passing. Yeah. That's what that's it's, what Jay would always it's say. A, it's passing. <laughs> it's better grade than last week. I think I got four out of six last week. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's an improvement. It's an improvement. But yeah, we gotta think of a courtroom term with T before we go. Trial. Trial. Oh yeah, my I goodness. Trial. Oh my oh, goodness. Geez. Awesome. That's Angie in the back. Yep. Yeah. We we got <laughs> support from Mike's wife. Love it. <laughs> how, how did we not think of that? Trial. So obvious. We're too close to the project. That's right. We're too close. You think trial automatically <laughs> or something. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. We look forward to talking about episode five next time, which will be our halfway point with the season. Absolutely. So stay tuned to hear more from Daylin Rodriguez. Get some good scoop about episode four and we'll be back next time. Thanks, Mike. See everybody. Thank you. Bye everyone. Okay. Now in, in um, several of the episodes now, this is on a much lighter note, but we've seen bagels and donuts in the office and folks are eating them. You know, obviously they're, they're edible, 
Uh, I'm just curious if are they from a, a special place or just catering provides them and you don't know? And I don't know about those. I think catering provides those Okay. when, but you know, but we do like to really shout out local LA. Yeah. We sure. do quite a bit. Um, and we do it quite a bit in the back half too. Okay. You'll hear specific shout outs to places in Los Angeles. Um, okay. I think it was an episode five where she says she's going to bring him a hand roll from Casanora, which yes, yeah, so like, during the break. Mm-hmm. Are, whenever we actually, the only place I think that isn't a real place is Cafe Maurice, the place where she's the seat, coffee, yeah, yeah, the coffee place. And I, I, I can't remember why it is that it, we didn't use a real place there. Okay, okay. In general, if you hear us mention a place in, uh, it's a real place in LA. Okay, okay. Um, is there a in that area where his office would be, is there a, a an especially great donut and bagel place? I have uh, you no know? idea. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just thinking, yeah. oh, maybe on a subsequent this visit. This is LA though. The <laughs> amount of great donut places is pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess for the one that comes to mind. City, it's very into their donuts. Okay. Much. Yeah, I I think of the you know they highlighted the Trejo's donuts in uh, Bosch uh, Legacy yeah. last season, so that that one definitely. Now in, in um several of the episodes now, this is on a, a much lighter note, but we've seen bagels and donuts in the office, and folks are eating them. You know, obviously they're they're edible. Uh, I'm just curious if are they from a, a special place or just catering provides them, and you don't know. And I don't know about those. I think catering provides those. Okay. When, but you know, but we do like to really shout out local LA. Yeah, we sure. do quite a bit, um, and we do it quite a bit in the back half too. Okay, you'll hear specific shout outs to places in Los Angeles. Um, okay, I think it was in episode five where she says she's going to bring him a hand roll from Casanora, which yes, yeah, so during like, the break. During- mm-hmm. Whenever we actually, the only place I think that isn't a real place is Cafe Maurice, the place where she's the coffee, yeah, yeah, the coffee place. And I, I, I can't remember why it is that we didn't use a real place there. Okay, okay. In general, if you hear us mention a place in, uh, it's a real place in LA. Okay, okay. Um, is there a in that area where his office would be? Is there a, a an especially great donut and bagel place. I have uh, you no know? idea. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking, yeah. oh, maybe on a subsequent this visit. This is LA though. The <laughs> amount of great donut places is pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess for the one that comes to mind. City, it's very into their donuts. Okay. Much. Yeah. I, I think of the, you know, they highlighted the Trejo's donuts in um, Bosch uh, Legacy yeah. last season. So that, that one definitely. Now in, in um, several of the episodes now, this is on a much lighter note, but we've seen bagels and donuts in the office and folks are eating them. You know, obviously they're, they're edible. Uh, I'm just curious if, are they from a, a special place or just catering provides them and you don't know. And I don't know about those. I think catering provides those Okay. Um, when, but you know, but we do like to really shout out local LA. Yeah. Places. We sure. do quite a bit. Um, and we do it quite a bit in the back half too. Okay. You'll hear specific shout outs to places in Los Angeles. Um, okay. I think it was in episode five where she says she's going to bring him a hand roll from Casanora, which yes. is downtown. Yep. So like, During the break. Mm-hmm. 
Whenever we actually, the only place I think that is in a real place is Cafe Maurice, the place where she's the seen, coffee. Yeah. yeah, the coffee place. And I, I, I can't remember why it is that we didn't use a real place there. Okay. Okay. In general, if you hear us mention a place in, uh, it's a real place in LA. Okay. Okay. Um, is there a in that area where his office would be? Is there a, a an especially great donut and bagel place. I have uh, you no know. Idea. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking, yeah. oh, maybe on a subsequent this visit. This is LA though. The <laughs> amount of great donut places is pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess for the one that comes to mind. City, it's very into their donuts. Okay. Much. Yeah, I I think of the you know they highlighted the Trejo's donuts in uh, Bosch uh, Legacy yeah. last season, so that that one definitely comes to mind. But uh, speaking of Mickey's office in that area, I cannot remember who it was, uh, but I did see on um, one of the Facebook groups. I think someone wanted to know what exterior was used for his office, and they they said they really thought it was a really cool looking building. Yeah, it's specifically. I'm going actually UCLA or USC just bought it. Okay. Um, so hopefully we're still going to be able to use it. I'm looking up right now because we just had a whole like, uh, in, we exchanged this information recently. Uh, I think it was a thread of us writers were talking about it. Okay. Uh, and I can tell you in a second, you, yeah, here it is. Uh, UCLA buys downtown LA's historic trust building, hmm. four three three South Spring Street. It's the trust building that's okay. where his offices are. Okay, very cool, very cool. People, I mean, folks do like to go out and see the sites where things yeah. are filmed. You know, I know that folks do that a lot uh, with the Boss Show, and I'm sure it'd be fun for Lincoln Lawyer too, because you know you guys use so many locations and make it such a part of the show. You want to be a part of it. So yeah, I get it. A little bit about Winston. He has his bow ties in episode four. Just for folks who don't know what it's like to have a dog on set, any good stories or anything that, that might surprise dog, you? That dog is one of the greatest actors I've ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> Always hits and by the way, Winston, this year, Winston's a girl. Is a girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is a girl. We we don't, we we just want to pretend that Winston's Yeah, we don't need to draw attention to that. We just say Winston's non-binary. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, that um, works. She is a fantastic actress. She hits her mark all the time. She's a very good girl. She's a very, okay. very good girl. Yes. She's a great actor. Do you have to do, like, we saw her with the bow tie you know two different scenes do you have to go ahead and film everything with with an animal like at once or will you will she come back in for another no, no, day no, she comes back yeah okay she doesn't okay. have, have the same rules as child actors <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah and and the whole bow tie thing is because uh my dog had a bow tie oh. um, our wedding we didn't have uh i didn't have anybody walk i i walked down the aisle with my mom but we uh -huh. didn't have any bridesmaids we had just like some flower girls and uh then my husband's best man was our dog Vinny, and he had a bow tie very and cool dog jojo had a little uh corsage thing nice <laughs> very cool if you ask ted he's mortified by all of it <laughs> really okay okay I he's think I asked him I, last year. Ted he, says he's into dogs having to wear raincoats if it's raining or sweaters if it's cold, but he draws the line at like uh accessories. You know, accessories. Okay. <laughs> I, 
I think I actually asked him about that last year. Like, do you, you know, your products and stuff, do you like dogs that wear clothes? And he, he was, he was, I could tell he wasn't really into it. And so it sounds like if it's for uh, a practical reason, that's okay. But, you know. Yeah. But I sort of said, I think it's cute and we're going to do it. And Netflix likes it. <laughs> it is cute. It is cute. And, and, and we do like it. It was awesome. And this really cute line when Cisco says, I don't really get a say in this, you know, and she's like, yeah, <laughs> it was perfect. That, that's, that I'm pretty positive was the headline. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, that, it's all coming together. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. And uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.